What's up, Wizards fans and NBA nerds? My name is Bryce Haas, and you're listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, a podcast giving you game-by-game breakdowns of everything Wizards. Hey, Hoop Heads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, including Cavaliers Central, Nuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, and At The Buzzer. Plus, our coaching-focused podcast, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and The Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoop Heads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoop Heads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com. Spelled A-R-Y-S. E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. The Clippers are an actual title contender and the Wizards are kind of just fighting for the playing game at this point. So I guess that's kind of what happens. Um, the Wizards... We're on a five-game winning streak going into that game, but like as I've talked about in the last five podcast episodes, some of that has been due to um, injuries. Like the Lakers, like I guess for example, the Lakers didn't have Schroeder or Anthony Davis, which the Wizards just attacked like side ball screens and step up ball screens, like every single play to get Gasol and Harrell on the floor. Like the Wizards just couldn't do that tonight against the personnel they're playing against. Like the Clippers had their full team except Lou Williams just rested. Um, and yeah, the, I mean, they're an awesome team. Like they are so coming in this game, they're 22 and 10. Now they're 23 and 10. Wizards fall to 11 and 18. Um, but the Clippers had a plus 6.7 point differential, which I believe is second or third in the league. Um, I didn't write it down. I usually do. Um, they're second in offense with an offensive rating of 119.6 and 17th in defense with a defensive rating of 112.9. Um, just to go over the general four factors, the Clippers' offensive rating in this game was unbelievably insane. Um, they, it was 137.8, which is in the 98th percentile. Their effective field goal percentage was 68.3, which is in the 97th percentile. Um, they didn't turn the ball over. Um, they just they didn't get to the line at all, uh, which uh, kind of put a ceiling on their eventual offensive rating. But insane offensive performance from them. They looked like a really, really, really like they're the second best offense in the league, and they definitely looked like it tonight. Um, the Wizards said a decent offensive showing too. Their offense rating was 117.2, 65th percentile, perfectly respectable. Um, 59.7 effective field goal percentage, really good. Um, they didn't turn the ball over much. Um, they didn't get the line that much either, but 
like solid offensive game for the Wizards. Their defense just looked like the Washington Wizards defense. And it's generally just because like a matchup thing. They just had no one to match up with Kawhi Leonard or Paul George, who like no offense to Bradley Beal. I think Bradley Beal's awesome. He's not at the level of Paul George. And no offense to Paul George. I think he's awesome. He's not at the level of Kawhi Like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard just next like tier. Like Paul George is a solid tier above Bradley Beal. Kawhi Leonard is like a tier two above Paul George. However you want to make your own tier list, I guess. But yeah, Kawhi Leonard, 32 points, 13 of 20 from the field, uh, 3 of 6 from the free throw line. So he scored 32 points on 23 shooting possessions, which is unbelievably efficient. Um, he was plus 8 on the night. Paul George, 30 points, plus 21 on the night. Um, he scored his 30 points on 19 shooting possessions, which is insane. Um, he did that because he was 6 of 7 from 3, which is an incredible number. Um, obviously, that's ridiculous. That's, oh man, I don't even... I don't know how to do six divided by seven in my head. But that's that's a crazy um, points per shot number right there. Um, yeah, no one like their bench was like they're deep. Like man, they didn't have Lou Williams, um, and they still had tons of offense off the bench. Marcus Morris uh, came in, contributed with eleven points off the bench, was plus sixteen. Ivica Zubac was uh, plus twelve or no twelve points plus twenty off the bench. Um, Reggie Jackson seventeen points plus eighteen off the bench. Um, Terrence Mann was awesome tonight. He had 12 points plus six. Um, but fun dude, Kevin Gelly came into the game, um, <laughs> which I'm a fan of his. I wish he played more, but he's not quite an NBA level guy at the moment. Um, just going through some of the Wizards top line guys, um, Bradley Beal had 28 points, uh, minus five on the night, 10 assists for him, which is one of his higher numbers of the season. Um, but he did, uh, score those 28 points on 27 shooting possessions. The Clippers came into the game with a good game plan against Bradley Beal, uh, which I will obviously touch on, um, in this episode, Russell Westbrook was terrible, like just straight up, like he was bad. Um, he had 20 points. Uh, 10 assists, 9 rebounds. Oh, how could he be terrible? He almost said, I don't care about him almost having a triple-double. Um, that stat is stupid. He was minus 26 on the night. He didn't play any defense. Um, the offense looks horrible when it's just Westbrook without Bradley Beal, and that's why his number um, in terms of plus-minus is so low. Um, and he scored those 20 points on 20 and a half shooting possessions, so not a very efficient night from him. Uh, Mo Wagner, uh, one of his better games of the season, he was really, really good tonight. Um, 21 points, 8 for um, 13 from the field, 21 points on 15 shooting possession is pretty good. Um, seven rebounds, five assists. Again, a great game from him. And that's pretty much it out of note uh, from the Washington Wizards in terms of top line numbers. Um, I definitely just want to look at the general shot charts um, because the Clippers, I mean, their chart is not as, like, I mean, okay, like their chart is pretty cool. Um, so they had, from the restricted area, they shot 19 for 23. Um, which is 82.6%, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, Floater range, they were 9 for 14, which is also ridiculous. Uh, um, Behind the break three, 11 for 25, which is also ridiculous. And from the corners, they were a combined 8 for 13, which is also ridiculous. Um, So, I mean, if you're ridiculous from all over the floor, you're going to end up with a ridiculous game. Um, The Clippers just finished at the rim really, really well. Um, I like they don't get to the rim that often. Um, they are 28th in frequency at getting to the rim normally um, throughout the season, and like they didn't get to the rim that much. But when they got there, they finished really, really, really well. Um, they're fifth in accuracy overall in the season, so that kind of I guess <laughs> kind of points to that. Um, just to go through who was particularly getting to the rim, Paul George got there six times. Um, he was four for six right at the rim. Abaka um, twice. 
Uh, Reggie Jackson, two for three. I'm trying to figure out who got all these attempts. Uh, Kawhi Leonard was one for one. Um, Marcus Morris only got there one time. Lou Williams didn't play. Zubac, five for five at the rim. He had that one crazy, oh my God. Avicii Zubac had like absolutely killed Bertans. Um, it was like kind of a broken play. Um, he just grabbed the ball. He dribbled in. Um, all the respect in the world to guys that get dunked on, like honestly, um, Bertans went in there. <laughs> he tried to make a play. Um, he's just not nearly big enough to protect the rim, especially against someone as big as Zubac. But I respect his effort um, to get in there and try to make a play. Um, so really um, interesting thing from the Wizards is that they didn't really shoot many threes. And like it's not like they weren't available. They just were passing them up, which maybe is a good thing. Um, just looking at their general offensive um, chart, like shot selection, they shot 37 shots at the rim. So the Wizards have been clearly making a much better effort to get to the rim. Um, than they have in games past. Um, 43% of their shots came at the rim in this game, which is in the 89th percentile. And on the season, their numbers are generally pretty low in terms of uh, rim shooting frequency. So I really, really like the Wizards um, making a like really strong effort to get to the rim. Um, so on the season, so like I said, in this game, it was 43% of shots at the rim. On the season, it's 29.8, which is 27th in the league. So um, shots at the rim are the most efficient shots in basketball. And if you can get there more, then that's a really, really good thing. Um, they got to the rim a good amount, um, and they finished at a rate of 62.2%, which isn't great um, compared to the rest of the league, but that's great in terms of generating offense. That is, will give you an offense rating of 124.4, which would which is absolutely awesome. Um, that's exactly what you want from your offense. If you can get to the rim almost half your possessions um, and finish at a fine rate, then that's really good offense. Um, they, like Getting there 37 times is ridiculous. Bradley Beal got to the rim eight times and was eight for eight, um, which is crazy. Um, but a lot of that was because he has really, really perfected how to play against a top lock. Um, I guess I'll talk about that now. So the Clippers um, basically game plan against Bradley Beal was to top lock him. Um, try to not let him use screens. If he uses screens, um, just really have the ball handler or the guy who's guarding Bradley Beal just really, really pursue really hard, whether that be Patrick Beverly or Paul George or Terrence Mann uh, later in the game. Um, pursue him really, really hard. Try to make his life really difficult. Um, help really hard at the nail if he's driving to the middle. Um, help hard from one pass away from the strong side corner if he's driving from the wing. Just really just make his life difficult. And a lot of Bradley Beal's work to get to the rim was off the ball. Um, he did a great job off the ball moving. Um, when So something that was interesting this game, um, so usually when someone sets a screen for you, obviously you go over the top of the screen to come get the ball. But when Beal was getting top locked, um, Mo Wagner was actually smart enough to um, change the angle of the screen slightly. Um, Lopez also did this a couple times, where Bradley Beal would be able to go under the screen, um, and then the man, his man, since he was on top of him, uh, would actually get screened when Bradley Beal would get under it, and then he'd just have a free path to the rim. Um, and he got a, he got a few looks that way, and I thought that was really interesting. That's something I haven't seen a ton. Um, I wonder if the Wizards have worked on that because Beal gets top locked so often. But Beal had just getting to the rim eight times, eight for eight. That's really, really good. Um, his shots just weren't falling from other areas of the court. One for five from mid-range. A lot of those were tough pull-ups that the Clippers were forcing him into, like all credit to them. They came in with a good game plan. Um, two for six from floater range. Again, a lot of those were tough looks. A lot of those were contested from like Ibaka and Zubac, those types of guys. Um, threes didn't fall tonight. That happens sometimes. Um, so Beal wasn't great. Um, but he did a really good job getting through him and the, uh, Clippers did a really good job of game planning. I guess I have to talk about Westbrook. Like he wasn't particularly good tonight. Um, but I love the, 
aggressiveness, I guess. Um, so just looking at his shot chart, he got so two for four from mid range, like whatever. Um, 0 for one from behind the arc, but seven to thirteen at the rim. Um, he just didn't finish on his opportunities at the rim, but uh, him getting there is much, much better than he's done all season. Um, that's a distribution of 72.2% of his shots at the rim, which is a phenomenal number. That's that's all, like that's exactly what the Wizards need to see out of Russell Westbrook. Um, he didn't finish very well at the rim. You know, I guess that's what I'm going to um, knock him on, just, I guess, getting his finishing touch back. Um, but the finishing around... Zubac and Ibaka like that's not the easiest task I, I might have been a little too hard on Westbrook in the opener but he just like I didn't think he was very good tonight um in general but coming off a of back-to-back uh he usually doesn't play back-to-back so maybe he was tired um I guess I don't know the whole team looked kind of tired like they've been in, away from home for a few days so I mean it's a late game I'm pretty tired I'm just sitting here like watching the game and doing a podcast because uh, it's late at night so I mean I get it like Look, if Westbrook, I'd much rather, this game is so much better than other games that Westbrook has had, though, where he's been bad. Like, this game, like, shots didn't fall. Like, that happens, Um, especially, like, when, like, shots at the rim, like, if they don't fall, that that's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But if Russell Westbrook is shooting 10 mid-range jump shots and they don't fall, then, like, that's exactly what you expect. That's a terrible game. So, I, I'll admit, I was too hard on him to open. Um, He... Just getting to the rim and trying to finish is a overall good thing. If you don't finish, I probably shouldn't knock you for that. So actually, I, I'll take it back. Westbrook <laughs> didn't have as bad of a game as I uh, might have st- stated in the open. Uh, just needs to keep being aggressive. Um, last three games, he's clearly, clearly made an effort to be more aggressive. Um, just continue that. And again, it opens up the game for everyone else on the floor when Russell Westbrook's more aggressive. Um, but part of his aggression is just because Mo Wagner can play a little bit on the perimeter. Um, doesn't have to be right next to the rim. Like tying Russell Westbrook's minutes more closely to Mo Wagner's minutes actually definitely helps out Russell Westbrook. Um, Mo Wagner can handle the ball a little bit on the perimeter, unlike Alex Lennon and Robin Lopez. Mo Wagner can at least attempt a three when he's wide open. Um, tonight he was, he only shot two and he was one for two. Um, he actually was seven for nine around the rim. And something that's really underrated about Mo Wagner's game is he's a really good finisher. Like I remember in college, he like <laughs> was dominant um, in Michigan, just being a finisher, using his footwork around the rim um, to get tons and tons of looks. Um, I think last season he was pretty good as a finisher too. I'm trying to look up his, I was by the time Mo, his name's Moritz, but obviously no one calls him Moritz Wagner because that's stupid. Um, so... I want to see his shooting accuracy around the rim. Yeah, last season he was in the... Wait, what? Last season? No, that... Oh, wait, I'm confused. I'm confusing myself. So last season, um, in terms of finishing at the rim, he was 101 for 138, good for the 77th percentile and 73%. This season, he's ridiculous. 91% finishing at the rim. Oh, so it's only 20 out of 22. Um, so that's a really, really small sample. That's obviously going to go down, but 91% of the rim, like Mo Wagner can finish around the rim. Um, I definitely like the move of starting Mo Wagner just to start off with a bunch of like Mo Wagner and Garrison Matthews, both of them. Um, they bring a lot of energy. Like Garrison Matthews doesn't usually close. He doesn't play a ton of minutes. He only played 18 tonight. Um, but I love the energy that he brings to the game. He defends, uh, he gets up in his man. He does make some mistakes. Um, he doesn't do a lot offensively on the ball, but at least he does have gravity and same with Mo Wagner. Like he makes tons of mistakes. Um, but he plays hard. He hustles back on defense. He does little things like Mo Wagner. I noticed at this game that he said like three or four, like Gortat screens where, um, uh, I think Beal benefited on like three of them and Westbrook might benefit on one, something like that. But, um, I don't remember the exact number of 
mobile to Gortat screens, but a Gortat screen is basically like when you set a pick, you roll, and then on the roll, you like kind of shield your man away from the ball handler as they're trying to finish around the rim to prevent them from helping. That's a, if they're not going to, if the refs aren't going to call that, then that's an awesome skill to have in your pocket just to pull that out. Like I haven't seen, like Lopez might have done it once or twice a season. Len doesn't do it. Like that's a really, really positive thing that you can bring to your team that's definitely not going to show up in a traditional box score um i guess in the plus minus category i guess but you know you know what i'm saying um i love that for mo wagner just trying new things um he did get manhandled in pick and roll all night long um that's another topic but i mean if you're mo wagner you're playing against Kawhi Leonard and paul george what are you really gonna do um it's tough. Uh, the Wizards went to small lineups a few times. Those didn't quite work out, but I like the idea behind it. Um, just like, yeah, like, look, the um, okay, I, I'll talk about Clipper, Clippers' uh, just basic offensive ideas. This game was just to get, like, the bigs involved in as many screens as possible and then get Nicholas Batum at the top of the key making decisions as much as possible. Like, that's well, that's been their general thing all season is just allowing Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to play off the ball a lot more um, with Nicholas Batum basically playing as, like, a quasi-center on offense, like, in kind of, like, a delay action, but, like, with Ibaka kind of, like, setting uh, down screens and flex screens and all those types of things for um, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Paul George got a ton of open looks tonight. Just um, a lot of them are just off movement, but a lot of them were off Nicholas Batum um, just running five out sets. Um, Kawhi Leonard got tons of looks in the posts. Like we, the Wizards have no one that can guard. Like Rui tried his best. Uh, Rui tried. I'll give him. I'll give him credit for trying. Not a good Rui game. He got cooked by Kawhi Leonard all night long. But that's okay. That's Kawhi Leonard. He's one of the three best players on earth. Like it's gonna happen. Rui isn't at that level to where you can just stick him on Kawhi Leonard and expect him to do well. Um, but <laughs> like how many guys are? Uh, so. I don't know. We'll kind of see where Rui's defense goes. I'm not super big on it um, right now. Like his foot speed just isn't good enough yet. Um, but as he gets more experience with the game of basketball, maybe like stuff like that will get better. Um, things like guarding Kawhi Leonard in a post-up situation will get better. Um, maybe like guarding Kawhi Leonard on the perimeter, making sure you execute an ice coverage. Uh, well, uh, the Wizard went to that a few times, just trying to ice Kawhi Leonard and Rui didn't execute it very well because um, Kawhi Leonard was able to either wrong foot him, like reject the screen, um, those types of things to where, or just like be able to use a screen, even though, um, Rui Hachimura is trying to ice, um, got to do better, uh, just executing defensive coverages. Um, also like the Wizards trying to bring, um, their bigs up to level the screen against Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, where they just ran tons and tons and tons of pick and roll all night. Um, yeah, that didn't work out very well. Uh, Mo Wagner is decently athletic for a big man, but he's not, he doesn't have the foot speed to keep up with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. He also cannot switch on the perimeter against Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, and especially um, Robin Lopez cannot switch on to either of those two guys on the perimeter. So at times, that looked pretty ugly. And yeah, I just have to talk about like the Clippers um, just driving kick. Like They're pretty awesome at that. Um, just like So basically, I guess I'll say that every single time the Clippers ran a ball screen, they could pretty easily get the Wizards into full rotation just by attacking downhill against... Um, whatever big was coming to level the screen or making the right pass right away um, to the weak side corner or to the strong side wing, like wherever, um, and just getting the Wizards in full rotation. The Wizards are not a great full rotation team to begin with, but also the Clippers are an incredible passing team. Like um, I watched them a few times this season. This is probably one of the better offensive showings I've seen from them. Um, 
Like Batum is a really good passer. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Patrick Beverly, Serge Ibaka, like all these guys, like they're not known as like high level creators, but they can swing the ball around the perimeter and get the best shot available. Like same with Marcus Morris, same with Reggie Jackson, like Luke Kennard, Terrence Mann, um, like all the, like even Zubach, like all the guys on their team know how to make like the right pass. They don't know how to necessarily make like the high level um, skip pass, but they can make the right read to one pass away to keep swinging the ball around to get the best shot available. Uh, they are super, super strong at that. Um, and they basically killed the Wizards, <laughs> just sending them into full rotation, uh, making the right passes, and then taking the right shots. They ended up a ridiculous 19 for 38 on the night from three, um, 50%. A lot of that was just like just wide, wide open looks. Um, but again, some of that is shooting variance. Like like I've said, a th- it feels like I've said this a thousand times on this podcast, but Stephen Curry and his unanimous MVP season on wide open threes shot 45.9%. So if you're above that margin, it's not just like, oh, your defense could have been better. Because, like, obviously the Wizards' defense defending three-point shots could have been better. But, like, you can't ever expect someone to shoot 50% on 38 attempts on the night. That's just ridiculous. Now, the Wizards did shoot um, 11 for 20 from three, which is 55%, which is also ridiculous. So, like, I guess it kind of went both ways. It wasn't just the Clippers in terms of shooting variance um, benefiting from that. So, I guess I'd, I already talked about the bench, like, how good, like, the Clippers, man, like, they are deep. Um, we didn't even get to see the super cool Clippers like five out small lineup with Batum, Kawhi, um, Patrick Beverly, and Paul George. Oh, I did want to talk about um, so their starting lineup of Patrick Beverly, Nicholas Batum, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Serge Ibaka. Um, they are the third best lineup with 200 plus possessions played this season with a ridiculous point differential of 21.3 plus 21.3. Um, that's pretty insane. Um, so th- that's their starting lineup. Their starting lineup's awesome. Uh, insanely talented team. Like, you don't really... Like, yeah, your defense sucked tonight, but, like, you won five in a row. Um, You don't have to really necessarily hold your head down too much after this loss uh, just because the Clippers are such a talented team. Um, I guess I'm just going to go over my notes, and then that's going to be it. It's pretty late. Um, Let's see. Yeah, so the the Clippers are pretty good at just attacking switches and pick and rolls. Like, they attached... Attacked um, Davis Bertans a bunch. Um, he does that hard hedge, and which has actually worked pretty well. Like, because tons of teams attack Davis Bertans, and when he hard hedges, that actually kind of thwarts like what the other team is trying to do a lot of the time. Um, so that's pretty positive. Um, but they did attack Beal a few times. They attacked Russell Westbrook. Um, you know, just like that's the kind of things that you do in the playoffs. Why not do it in the regular season? Um, that was made perfect sense. Um, yeah, Clippers were just coming up to level on. Um, like when Zubac wasn't in the game, the Clippers were coming up to a level like Ibaka was on Beal screens. It just wasn't as easy as <laughs> turning the corner against Marcus or Montrez Harrell. Um, I wrote in my notes that like George is an absolute matchup problem because like who do you put on him? Um, you put uh, Rui on Kawhi Leonard, who like Rui can't guard Kawhi Leonard anyways. And then who do you put on Paul George? Like Beal, Matthews, Westbrook, Avdia. Like they, they, just an, their wings were an absolute matchup problem. Um, Wizards um, went to some pistol action finally again like they would, did that a lot at the beginning of the season they haven't been doing that as much so that was I'm excited to see them run more of that um, I'm just trying to go through some of my notes um, the Wizards were just like at the very beginning of the game they were really struggling to create consistent offense because they did such a good job of containing Bradley Beal but obviously Beal made some internal adjustments and Scott Brooks I assume made some adjustments um Denny Avdia I guess I have to talk about him he just wasn't ready at all for this game he played 12 minutes he had like three fouls in the first four minutes he was out there he was minus 13 he wasn't good at all tonight um but again ups and downs of a rookie year that's what you're going to expect um from a rookie 
also one who's like, what is he, like 19, 20 years old? So it's going to happen, playing one of the toughest teams on planet Earth. Um, that's probably the best team he's ever played in his life, uh, quite frankly. So, you know, it's all good. Um, let's see, talked about four rotations. Um, yeah, I talked about, like, so something I wrote down was that sometimes the Wizards do really tend to struggle offensively when teams kind of go to, like, make someone else, like, we're not going to let Bradley Beal beat us. Someone else is going to have to beat us for you guys to win the game. Um, the Clippers did lean into that, like, not super, super heavily the way, like, some other teams have in the past, like the Hawks did super heavily. Um, but, like, the Wizards tend to struggle when teams kind of go that route. Um, just help really hard off Beal, help at the nail, um, help from one pass away. Uh, top lock him, like, send uh, help from the big. Just don't even worry about the uh, whatever Wizards centers out there and have the big just, like, plot themselves in the middle floor. Um, the Wizards definitely do struggle against that, and they're going to have to figure out, like, other ways to generate good offense besides Bradley Beal. Um, oh, we did have a Isak Bonga sighting. I wish he played more minutes. I wish Troy Brown played more minutes. Like, so here's what I'll say about the Wizards. Um, they completely lack wings in their functional rotation, which is um, their starting five. Uh, and then off the bench, they usually their rotation is Bertans, sometimes Len, um, and then Neto, Lopez, Avdia. Um, they have Bong and Troy Brown, who are two perfectly capable wings. I don't understand why they don't play, especially because wings are the most important position in basketball, and they are perfectly capable capable rotation-level wings. They should play more minutes, and that's that's all I'm going to say about that, but like, it doesn't make any sense at all to me um, that they aren't in the rotation, especially considering like how much this team struggles against all teams with wings, because um, both of those guys can defend too, and they can hit an open shot, um, so they should play minutes. Um, I'm just trying to go through some of my last notes. Oh, the Wizards ran an interesting action where they ran a, like, ghost high ball screen, um, for Bertans. Wait, what does this even say? For Bertans and Beal, it didn't lead to anything, but I like the idea. Oh, okay, so it was, um, Beal at the top of the floor, um, it was late in the quarter, and they ran a ghost screen for Bertans coming up to, like, act like he's going to set a ball screen for Bradley Beal, and then he didn't. Um, and then Beal got a switch. Bertans was pretty open, but then they called it like a foul right after that. Um, so it didn't actually end up leading to anything, but I definitely like the idea. I think that that's something they should try to run more. Um, and then the last shot of that quarter, um, the Wizards ran Boston action, which is a double pin down, but then the first player who comes off it curls, and then the person who was setting the first screen that just got curled off of comes off the next pin down. Um, and Bradley Beal... Uh, got the ball, and he found Mo Wagner for a wide-open layup. That play looked really, really nice. Um, and, yeah, in the third quarter, Mo Wagner was awesome, just making plays defensively, making plays on the offensive end, finishing around the rim, um, rolling hard, running hard, like, you know, going after rebounds, like, all the kind, all that kind of stuff where you just, like, you know, like, it's great that in, like, the best league in the world, like, hustle does get you somewhere. Um, and well, Mo Wagner plays hard. Like, I really, really like the way he plays. He was the best center tonight for the team. Um, he's not always the best center, but tonight it was the right move to stick with him for the majority of the center minutes. Um, I guess I have to talk about Terrence Mann. Um, and then, yeah, that's my last thing, I guess. Uh, Terrence Mann was, like, I really liked him last season, but I didn't think that he was going to be, like, impactful offensively ever. Um, and he was impactful offensively in this game just as a driver, getting to the rim and finishing. Um, he also made a couple threes, which has is like might end up being his swing skill between if he can really, really stick in the league as a rotation level guy. But his defense is really good, um, as most Florida State guys are. 
Um, I'm surprised he, I think he went in the second round. I don't, I don't know. That's kind of surprising. I think he might be pretty old. Um, and again, the shot isn't quite there and not really a ball handler, not really a passer. Um, but he looked good tonight, just like providing defense, playing hard, cutting to the rim, like slashing in a straight line, attacking closeouts, that kind of stuff. Um, he looked good and he's pretty athletic too. Um, I like Terrence Mann. I also really like Mafundu Kevin Gelly. He didn't play at all. Uh, maybe the Wizards will pick him. I think they declined his third year option. So I don't know why I like it. I just like Florida State guys. Um, but declining someone's third year option doesn't happen very often. Maybe the Wizards will pick him up, uh, you know, kind of, um, minimum, minimum level center, maybe a two-way guy. Uh, I don't, can he be a two-way guy? It'll be his third year service. So yeah, he can be a two-way guy. Yeah. You know, why not? Uh, take a shot. I'm a fun do. Um, Wizards. Uh, but yeah, I guess <laughs> that's all I got for this episode. The next game. I believe is on Thursday um, against the Denver Nuggets. I think it's another late one. It's at like nine. So I'll, I'll have a podcast coming out um, that night or the next day. Thank you for listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Hoops Wizards Pod. I'll see you next time.